Hello and welcome back to the Split Screen Podcast. Um, it has been so long, uh, many eons have passed, that we actually have to introduce ourselves. Uh, so <laughs> I am Alan Williamson. I am the I am now the Editor-in-Chief of 5 out of 10 Magazine, and I also co-founded a blog called Split Screen, which hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, will be back and won't currently be a WordPress mess. I am joined, as ever, by the design editor of 5 out of 10 and the other co-founder of Split Screen, so he's also partly to blame. It's Craig Wilson. Good afternoon, Alan. It's a pleasure to be on the programme. <laughs> You're the special guest this week. Uh, yeah, what I, what I didn't tell you was that um, I'm actually, it's just going to be me every week and um, I'm going to get a different guest. So this is your one chance to impress me. Um, oh, I, this is my like casting couch uh, thing. I've seen these videos online. It's okay. I know what to do. <laughs> Just let me let me t- let me turn my camera on and we'll we'll get we'll get going. <laughs> this got this got dark really really quickly. Even even by our podcast standards. So, Alan, it's been how many days do you think it's been since the last podcast? Mm. See, I can tell by that you've calculated how many days it's been. Um, the oh, last I have oh. indeed calculated. So, um, the last do, time we do, did a... Do you even remember what the last podcast was? Because yeah. I had to look it up there. Yeah, it was about, the, was wa- it? It was about the Walking Dead. We did, it, um, we did it as part of the 2012 screenies. Um, mm. So I think it has been two years. It was 389 days since our last podcast. It was February 2013. February? Now, a lot has happened since 2013. Oh. First of all, the, the first season of Walking Dead came out. It was amazing. The second season of Walking Dead came out. It was crap. So <laughs> there's the ISIS bucket challenge. That was a thing. I thought you said the ISIS the ISIS bucket challenge. Yeah, I was not know what it was about. I forget. I don't really read the news anymore. Anyway, um, we are back for better or worse. And the uh, the website's back, and we're going to talk a bit about that later on. Um, but we figured if you hadn't listened to the podcast before, it might be a little too much uh, inside baseball. But we love inside baseball, and we're going to have a, a rollicking game after we get through the the topics at hand. Um, so we thought we would. T- <laughs> so we we're, we always do inside baseball anyway. We always end up t- talking random bollocks about our lives. But we thought we would actually talk about other things that have uh, risen risen from the dead lately. And a lot has actually happened on a serious note between the last time we podcasted now so we're a couple we're now a generation past we're in the next generation alan xbox one playstation 4 do you have any of those either of those i've i got a wii u you got a wii u so you're as always leading the charge into that generation Uh, a month ago i bought a playstation 3 so i'm still very much characteristically about (laughs) a generation behind everyone else Um, but one of the (laughs) things that i have noticed is the terminology has moved on. Okay. So, whereas what we used to grow up with a demo of a game is now a beta. <laughs> or early access. Or early access, or early access alpha, if you want a broken demo. Um, where you used to get a collector's edition that would come out a year or two after the game with all the expansions or just other content in it. Now, that's like a game of the year edition. Mm-hmm. Normally now that comes out in the same year as the game, kind of around the time for <laughs> this Christmas. Is, this, this, is a, this is a game that was released this year edition. Ports are now remasters. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if we look at The Last of Us, which we'll get into on the PS4, it's probably the reason why I've not really got a next-gen console yet, is I kind of look at it and go... All the games I want to play are still available for the previous generations. Yeah, I'll just buy yeah, it there. Pretty much. Um, 
And then there's like this mess of reimaginings, remasters, reboots, uh, reinterpretations. There's a lot of more fluid um, uh, remakes of games where they're looking back to the original, but they're they're messing around with it in a kind of interesting way. It's perhaps a bit hypocritical because we we did release a um, we did release a five out of ten remaster <laughs> a couple of months we ago. We did it as well. Yeah, <laughs> we did as well. You can get the first five issues, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's a, it's the first five because we did the first we did the first three, and they looked as you'd expect any magazine. It just came out of nowhere to look, um, and then we went back, and I, you know, I, I made the whole new look for the fourth issue, and we've kept that since then. So we just went back and mm-hmm. um, remastered, if you like, the first three issues with the style of the new one. But the whole point of that was we wanted to preserve the original intent because it's like it wasn't so much totally changing everything it was just making the typography a bit nicer and cleaning it up a bit the way we make the magazine where we do it on InDesign and the way we release it was more or less the same it was just that our skills in themselves had gotten better yeah I mean that, that, that that's a big part of it yeah we were still learning like oh I mean we never we never stopped learning but um we, yeah we were we, we were we, we've gone from really shitty to a little less shittier so if I if I think back to like the first remake that I could think of or the first port of uh, that I can think of was Space Invaders right now I don't think you know this so which is quite rare that I've actually might actually have an interesting fact that you don't know so I'm very well. very proud of this and you can't see the <laughs> smile on my face but I'm so yeah. excited right now you may, you may oh as well God. bring your bring your A game since it's our first uh, podcast back again so did you know that in Space Invaders Alan as your little ship shoots the aliens the game speeds up yes okay that's not the fact. Hold on to your hats. <laughs> the, the fact that the aliens speed up is a artifact of the hardware that the games were running on. Because there was less information on the screen to render, the draw time was quicker. So the game sped up because of the hardware it was running on. That wasn't something that was programmed in as like a difficulty setting. So that's almost like the frame rate is increasing then? That's exactly it. The frame rate was increasing because there was less on the screen to draw. Oh my god. Now, that as like an artifact of the hardware is something that they've had to replicate in every remake of Space Invaders. And like you can yeah. play Space Invaders on any system, including your toaster now. So that's like a little interesting one where, okay, you've got this like original little artifact from the game. It was on one type of hardware. Now, because you're on a different type of hardware, you need to try to bring over the old stuff. It's like where you get like, you get like special effects now to put on like a vinyl sound onto your mp3s you can get filters and effects that do that just like vinyl is that is that how the neil young um player works what's it called the the, the pono or whatever the thing that looks like a block of cheese or whatever um (laughs) see it's really hard because right now in my living room i've got like these grid bookshelves and two of them are dedicated to neil young so although the pono does look like a piece of crap I'm kind of inclined to the way to you said that. You say, That's the, amazing. The, the way you said that, like the, the two bookshelves are dedicated to Neil Young, it makes it sound like you've got one of those like creepy shrines with lots of photos of Neil and a wee, a wee doll in the middle and a couple of candles arranged around it in a, in a semicircle. But, uh, but there is, but the, there is the a thing doll. about the, the there is a doll, and I, I very rarely stick a pen in it. It's a moose doll with a hat. Yeah. Um, okay. But the thing about like, because that's that's essentially a bug, isn't it? The, the Space Invaders thing. And um, I was reading about the kind of move to from Windows eight to Windows ten, and uh, there's this discussion of why did they do this? Um, and it, 
there has been rumors that it's a bug preservation thing. So a lot of um, old Windows software checks out your version of Windows. And it does that by looking to see if you've got nine something for Windows 95 or Windows 98. And so apparently they, so, so the rumor goes, this is the stop. Um, Windows 9 apps from crapping out because there's code in there that's checking for Windows 95. Um, but a lot of stuff does that. Like there's there's the, like the the Excel ones about like you know when does the date start and stuff like that. Um, all of those conventions come from old database software, um, like or, or like old versions of Lotus going back to the dossier. But that like ultimately ties into the trend right now, which is that people have forgotten how to count because we've gone from the original xbox as we now have to call it that went to then the xbox 360 so it wasn't an xbox 2 now at the time i think that was because the ps3 was coming out so the xbox 360 sounded on an equal level whereas if you got a ps3 and an xbox 2 which i guess in this analogy your parents have to be morons (laughs) they go like well the bigger number is better but uh, why would you um, want a PlayStation was... 3? This one's 357 better. Why would you, why would you possibly want but, a PlayStation 3? But by that logic, when they then went to Xbox One after the 360, like, blows my mind still. Like, I just, when I remember, I just laugh because it's just so dumb. It's so stupid and annoying why they did that. And then, like, oh. iPads have kind of done it similarly as well, where it went, they just released one and called it the new iPad. And that yeah. was, like, three iPads ago. I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, they so, did. Well, they did the, the the iPad and the iPad two. Then the new iPad, which everybody called iPad three, and then they did the iPad. Uh, no, no, no. They did the iPad three. I think they just called iPad with Retina display. Um, yeah. And then the, the iPad four was the new iPad, and then they did the iPad Air, and now they're doing the iPad Air two. And also so the, like and the and the other thing they did was that they um when they announced the iPad Mini 3, they retconned the iPad Mini with Retina display, and now it's called the iPad Mini 2. So going from Windows 8 to Windows 10, that doesn't phase me anymore, because <laughs> I'm just numb to the fact that we don't seem to follow any numbering convention. Like, we might as no. well call this podcast, like, like zero, episode yeah, zero, well, for all Well, we I was, I was going to say, you know, for me, it does kind of feel like episode one, that it is like a brand new start, and... I don't know. There's probably a lot of things about this old podcast I'd rather forget. <laughs> this is this is podcast one where spelled O N E. That'll 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 wreck everybody's podcast videos. Um, yeah, this is season two, episode one. Se- but only referred to as episode one. See, <laughs> season two. Oh god. Um, but like a, a lot of that stuff. So like when you've got like a feature preservation, um, it, it factors into other games as well. So like if you get something like say. Um, the, the Street Fighter 2 DHD rem- remix, right? They spent a lot mm-hmm. of time balancing that game, but um, uh, they they kind of just did a complete do-over, and it was like specifically balanced for online play, and they took out a lot of bugs. But if you get the... I think I've got the Street Fighter 2 10th anniversary for the for the, the, the original Xbox, um, and mm-hmm. it... Um, you can play it on anything from like so you can play two, two turbo, two champion, and you can keep all of those original bugs like you know, the the guile handcuff bugs and all those kind of things. Um, and you know well, people yeah, people it, use those exploits all the time. And so whenever Capcom do like Ultra Omega, whatever, yeah, I think it's Ultra Street Fighter Four, and now they're doing an Omega update <laughs> as they gradually run out of words to 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 point out that this is in fact the last one. 
um, you know, they have to be careful about what they're going to change and, you know, what, what's a bug and, and what's a feature and, and all that balancing. Mm-hmm. It just kind of goes on forever. It's like a war of attrition, you know? It's like some kind of but evolutionary I've... arms race where Ryu gets a better fireball, so Ken needs a better kick, and it just goes on forever. But I find that stuff so interesting because if you look at, like, the actual physical hardware and or, like, the code that it's running on, if you're trying to do a remake, to my mind is you want to be one-to-one to the original output like yeah, so you've got yeah. the stuff that runs into it but it's the output that you want to match whereas the audience could still reject it and in the fighting community um we did the, i think we counted them on like the sequel episode um, yeah. of the podcast there was like 23 or 24 versions of street fighter 2 mm-hmm. you only really go and keep doing that if people are still wanting something else but still striving for something similar like there seems to be like this weird dichotomy where like if you just because you can still play like the original but you can't play it on the original hardware so is it like it's almost like a mental effect that saying like oh no this isn't quite the same game and then even though and then sometimes it could be but those changes sometimes get rejected as well so with the smash brothers games people are still playing melee for the gamecube because they didn't like the changes in brawl um, and so for the Wii U version, you know, they're, they're being careful to try and add new functionality, but also to try and bring mm-hmm. people back that Brawl alienated for one reason or another. But that's like, where, where, does, where do those sequels sit in where the game is ostensibly the same? So I think of Mario Kart, I think of Pokemon, um, I think of a lot of Nintendo games, I guess. <laughs> where... Well, Mario, Mario Kart's another one where... Um, you get games that do break from the formula, like uh, Double Dash in the GameCube or uh, Mario mm-hmm. Kart. Mario Kart Wii, I don't think, is particularly well respected. Um, I think Mario Kart 8 seems really popular. Um, Mario Kart yes. DS had the... It was really good, but had the famous snaking thing. We kind of drift and hop mm-hmm. and drift and hop, and you would slalom around the courses, and you could go a lot faster. But then it's like, you know, they weren't sure whether to, to patch that out or not. But I think, as far as I know, 7 and the 3DS is pretty well respected in 8. But there is, like, there are ones that people like. And, like, this, yeah, Double Dash was particularly polarizing for the GameCube. Yeah, and I, I like myself, like, Double Dash was is the pinnacle for me. Like, I love that. But it's interesting because if you were to go back in, you know, in ten, in 10 years, if you were to go back and remake Mario Kart 8 on the DS, you obviously wouldn't replicate it. So you've got that broken snake glitch in, which meant that on an online game, you can just infinitely boost your way to victory. Well, if everybody but, can do it, then why wouldn't you? This is the question. If, it, if, it, if it's, if it's, if it's, if it's a, well, no, no, seriously, because it's yeah, like, no, yeah, yeah. you're not sure if it's a question of skill or not. You can do one in Mario Kart 8, which is called like a fire hopping or something like that, where if you get a, a mini boost, you can kind of go hop, 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 and then you can you know, slightly extend the duration of the boost because it only gets expended mm-hmm. whenever your wheels are on the ground. So it's like, do you leave that in? Do you, do you make it something people can, can learn how to do? It's like, it's the same with the fighting stuff. It's, it's. It's hard, like, uh, you know, Melee has all the stuff, Smash Brothers Melee has all the stuff, like, the, the, the wave dashing and things, and the one thing that people mm-hmm. really hate in Brawl is um, you just randomly fall over sometimes when you're doing a dash. Now, why anybody thought that was a good idea to put into a fighting game, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but you just kind of, you're, you're minding your own business, you're winning a match, and then, you know, you just fall in your hole, and that's it. And somebody thought that that was a good thing to put in on a skill-based competitive game. It's realistic, man. <laughs> well, people fall uh, down in fights. It's 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 how it goes. It is it is realistic. This is de- and this is this is in Dead or Alive, right? Smash Brothers, Smash Brothers. Oh, sorry. Okay. Dead Dead or Alive is way too realistic to have random falls. I was gonna say I thought it was it would be Dead or Alive because they put so much effort into making the women in that game look realistic. I thought 
the the falling over must be the part of that as well. Punching each other down a skyscraper. <laughs> oh dear. One series that is notorious for its depiction of the female form is the Tomb Raider series. That is that is true. Uh, how did how did that possibly spring to mind? Is it because you've got it written down your iPad? Yeah. Well, I. I mean, Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider is a weird one because they have always been trying to. They always seem to be updating it and rebooting it, like they did. They because Tomb Raider used to be that kind of square grid based system, and you controlled a tank called Lara Croft, <laughs> trying to work its way through these ruins. <laughs> and um, was, you, yeah. <laughs> so I like that. It's a tank assault course. But you, but you jumped. You, you had this thing where like the the world was made of squares, and you, she could jump a certain number of squares depending on what speed you're running at. And then they did the. Um, Angel of Darkness for the PS2, and there's actually there's a really interesting article in Eurogamer about that recently. But people trying to um, to fix this by patching it and updating it. Um, I'll I'll send you a link. We can we can put it in the in the show notes. Um, mm-hmm. But um, so they did that, and then I got Tomb Raider Anniversary, and it it is the first Tomb Raider redone in the engine of Tomb Raider Legend, I think. So it's like. It's kind of a, it's like a reimagining of the first game with lots of brilliant things like a quick time event, yay! Mm. Um, and then they re, then they rebooted the series. So you've got this kind of, so you get the, you get the remaster, which would basically be Tomb Raider one with better textures, and you've got a remake. And that's essentially the, it's like the, the areas and the plot of Tomb Raider one, mm-hmm. but also kind of different. And then you've got an actual reboot, which is not this franchise is, is gone. We need to bring it back, and that's like your your new Tomb Raider. Um, the one that was a big failure was uh, Prince of Persia because they did the the Sands of Time, which was a reboot. Yeah, and it went really well. And then after a trilogy of that, they rebooted it again into a game that only I liked. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then they and then they rebooted it again and called it Assassin's Creed, and the rest is history. <laughs> there is an interesting. Um, it's, if you look at the Tomb Raider reboot, it feels to me very similar to the Crystal Dynamics remake of Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes, or port of Twin Snakes on the GameCube. You mean Silicon, you mean Silicon Knights? Silicon Knights, oh yeah, sorry, Silicon Knights. Um, Crystal Dynamics were the ones who actually did Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider, yeah, okay. I think. Alan, this reminds me <laughs> of the Silicon Knights remake of Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes. The I think you mean... Crystal Dynamics, mate? I think you mean Crystal Dynamics. Oh, you're right, sorry. This reminds me of uh, Tomb Raider the Twin Snakes that came out on the Sony GameCube. <laughs> Tomb Raider yeah. the Twin Snakes isn't something I never want to see if it exists. <laughs> point. My point is, there's something interesting that can happen when you give the original IP to a different team, to a different developer, because naturally they'll yeah. bring in like a different interpretation to it. One mm-hmm. of the one of the cool ones I think of recent years is the Black Mesa mod, which it's not really a mod; it's a full fledged remake of Half Life in the Source engine. Yeah, well, I mean, because whenever whenever Half Life Two came out, they did release Half Life for Source, but it was really just Half Life spectacularly good looking Water Edition. But it was like it was the whole point was it was meant to be exactly the same because it wasn't there for people to. It was more of a tech demo to say, look how easy it is to port your old gold source projects into source. Mm-hmm. Um, but Black Mesa, oh, that was in that was in development for years. It was the Chinese uh, democracy of mods. Like you would just see interviews. <laughs> Chinese <every now>. democracy. 
And much like Chinese democracy, when it came out, it, it don't feel like it's made the historic impact that it probably deserves. Not the gold, not oh, the Guns no, N' Roses album because no, that not. was crap. But uh, well, three songs were good on it, but the rest of it was crap. But what was kind of interesting about? But I thought Black Mesa. I think Black Mesa Source was fantastic. It what? was even better because it was Valve sanctioned and it was free. What yeah. more do you want? Well, what really works about it as well is that they weren't. Um, they didn't take the original as gospel. They were quite willing to change yeah. it and, you know, muck around with it so it suited their own needs, much like the interpretation of the gospel. So, well, I go. <laughs> there we go. There's, there's lost, the, 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 lost, lost the American market there. The go- the gospel according to Saint Gabe. This is where our, this is where our friends from Game Church are listening to this. God, oh, oh my uh, gosh. Uh, wait, I, I was an altar boy for eight years. That's like, that doesn't excuse anything. Anyway, none of this you're is making the you're podcast. You're a choir boy compared to me. You're a choir boy. Uh, I don't know. I think we should just keep it in. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, but, <laughs> but like um, the Black Mesa Source thing, um, it's like you could say to people, uh, somebody said, should I play Half-Life? And I go, yes. And say, should I play Half-Life or should I play Black Mesa Source? And I go, eh, you may as well play Black Mesa Source. I mean, the game's for, like, what, 14 years old now? Yeah. Um, no, six, 16 years old? Because it, it was 1998. So, yeah, 16 years old. Um, so, and I think that, like, the, when you think about Half-Life, a lot of the things that were really impressive at the time were, like, you know, the, the AI and the way it told the story and, and the way the guns worked and the set pieces and things. Um, and all of those have been done in every subsequent game. So you're really, like, you're not going to be able to appreciate it anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Every, every game has smarter monsters. Every game... They could kind of set the the FPS blueprint going forward. So I think yeah, if you want to if you want to get a feel for what the world is like, you know, with a modern lens done by fans that really love the original game, yeah. If you haven't played the first Half Life, yeah, you may as well go play Black Mesa Source. Why not? Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, only only you will know. Who cares? Eh? <laughs> Life's too short to worry about these things. I think I think you've nailed it though with that question, which is like, should should you play Half Life? I think it's you should have played Half Life, but if you haven't. The oh, come on! There's, there can be some people listening to this who were who were fetuses whenever Half Life was released. No, no, no I, fourteen years, sixteen years ago. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that's an expectation. <laughs> if at the time it came out and you played it, then sure. But going back to it now, it's going to be difficult. I think of Monkey Island as being a really good example of a game where, um, because yeah. I played it as a kid, I'm much more forgiving, and there's that nostalgia there when I see it. But I know for a fact if I put that in someone else's hands, they're going to be like, this is fairly obtuse. The humor's still there, but mm-hmm. the conventions of what you're having to do, it's that classic point-and-click <clears throat> um, psychological profiling of the developer because there's just some puzzles that don't really make any sense. Whereas, but even stuff like the... Um, well, the, the, well, the puzzles aren't too bad. Like, I, Well, to put it in perspective, I hadn't played it before the, the special editions came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I thought... I still think, on the whole, I think it's pretty much perfect okay there's a couple of tricky bits but i think on the whole that's aged remarkably well but, for a game that came out when i was like six years old but, um but, yeah, but um, I, th- I think what, you, what I, is what is clunky <laughs> is the the verb system of interacting with stuff that's it like what we will forgive is the interface which like you say is you have different i think there was um verbs for like open and close which you use once in the game but that doesn't stop you from actually clicking on everything with it and then having him say, that doesn't work, or whatever uh, point-and-click adventure. I've already tried that. Um, Also, pixel hunting was a complete pain in the ass. So where I point people towards the 
the special editions, which I played on my iPhone, they put in some really cool features there where if you just put two fingers on the screen, it would highlight to you what the interactive objects are or what objects yes. you can interact yes, with. Yes, you can do that. You can do that in the Xbox one as well. I think if you you can do stuff like if you if you tap it'll show highlightable things and the longer you hold it down the the more of a hint it will give you. Yeah, and that's the other thing is they actually put in a hint system. So you can go in there and you can turn all of those things off and you can even go in and turn off the new HD uh, painted graphics and you'll get that old scum VM pixel block beautiful perfect my god why isn't every game made like that look um uh... <laughs> but there's probably okay there might be reasons why every game isn't made in the scum VM engine or scum I guess sorry not VM I wouldn't run an emulator yeah. <laughs> that's not legal but I hear you <laughs> I'd run an emulator come and get me <laughs> try Halo Anniversary, though, you say that's actually does a lot of the same stuff. Well, Halo Anniversary, Halo Anniversary is a bit like Monkey Island in that it runs the old game and the new game at the same time. And actually, that's what they do for they're doing the Halo Two Anniversary as part of the the Master Chief Collection, which is a bit worse than uh, the entire Halo saga with the two most interesting games removed, which are of course ODST and Rage. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so yeah, they run the two at the same time, and you can change between them. And Halo Anniversary, it kind of fades out, but in Halo Two, it, apparently, it's instantaneous to to meet the the non-existent attention spans of today's Xbox audience. Yeah, um, but it's it's cool because like I mean, I still I still remember playing the first Halo. Um, I, I played it for the first time, going, "This is this is genuinely you know incredible," and I think that it is held up a bit better than perhaps something like. Half-Life has and you, it's interesting that you know the Black Mesa Source remake um, has changed about lots of things whereas the Halo anniversary like it is exactly the same even though you're changing the graphics nothing else actually changes the physics are all mm-hmm. the same and all the levels and all the AI and everything it is exactly the same but it, but it still works really well the only thing it did was because they could because they're updating the graphics they made it slightly easier to get through the notorious library level so they put like little arrows in the ground and things yeah. because those were just aesthetic touches um but yeah, they yeah it kind of assumes, I guess, that the original game is flawless. Or perhaps what's more reasonable to say is that people would want to play it with the flaws. I think it's the same thing with Monkey Island. Was that people would have been up in arms if they had changed it too much? And so it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of people who are really nostalgic towards that game and really nostalgic towards the original Halo. But you know, things like Monkey Island is difficult to play now, right? Mm-hmm. You need to you need to get a DOS emulator on the go, and even then, it probably wouldn't be quite right. And that's what things like Scum VM are designed to do: is you know to let you play it the way it was originally done, but also you can you can enhance it. So with something like Monkey Island, there has to be a curatorial aspect of it where they thought, well, a lot of these people won't have played Monkey Island before, so we should let them know what it was like. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, there's some, certain games which have that timeless quality to them that you wouldn't want to just do a remake and then discard the old version because there's i guess there's a there's something in the background to all of this which is like how do you preserve video games going forward so yeah absolutely yeah there's um i know there's a episode of the um i think it's now defunct podcast a life well west a life well wasted um which actually talked to some people at stanford university on how they preserve it but they took it the interesting example so we've mentioned how these remakes will kind of keep some games leapfrogging across into the next generation. Like there will always be a version of Pac-Man somewhere, but where you get to like online games, 
like you can't preserve that like you'll never be able to do a remake or a remaster of everquest or ultima or well the, the other thing you can't do is you can't preserve the events that happened um there's actually a, a piece i read this morning and rick lane wrote about planet side 2 and he was trying to find the biggest battle in the history of planet side 2 and he couldn't find one he was even talking about stuff like what is a battle and looking at military definitions and stuff and it's it's really hard to find information on events that happen in persistent online games i think like something like world of warcraft you, you're going to have stuff like the the famous viral event you know where they had the, mm-hmm. the virus ripped through the whole continent and killed blue level players yeah and or eve you'll have like your big battles chronicled but uh, and it might, maybe it'll become easier with youtube type stuff but i think it's gonna be really hard to it's really hard to archive a persistent experience you could take halo and keep the original console and that's that's perfectly compartmentalized but what you can't take is something like um project gotham 2 that i used to play online with all my friends and we this is when the game when cat and mouse was invented yeah so it was this mode where one person played as a mini and everybody else played as like ferrari f50s and you had to nudge your team's mini over the line like you can't you Things like that just kind of happened in the game, and only people that were there. It might be a couple of people listening to this that remember that, but um, you know that's not going to be written down anywhere. No, you can document it, but you, well, you could you could document it, but you'll never capture it. You'll never be able to show someone fresh into it and get that exact same feeling. You that weren't you had there, when man. You, played it. you weren't there. <laughs> Pretty much. But that's like that's one of the things. Um, there's a unreleased podcast that I'm in. Um, spoilers with um johnny cullen talking about uh, my favorite game which is um sonic 3 and knuckles for the mega drive yeah. i was kind of talking about you know how whenever it came out um it's really hard to separate what it was like to be there at the time because for me it was kind of the first triple a game if you like it was the first game i was really really excited about and this is like you know 94 and it's very difficult for somebody to pick up that game now and understand what that meant to people at the time um it's it's I don't know I don't know how you would do that and also because you know game journalism it wasn't what it is now it was it was just an enthusiast press like it was like technology journalism reviewing products yeah so what I, you can I, really have is you know, this is the best game ever as in this is the fastest console ever people weren't thinking about it in those kind of cultural terms no and going back to Sonic Three is hard after you've peaked with Sonic Unleashed so there's that to understand oh, as sake. well <laughs> fuck's sake man. <laughs> Uh, I uh, I've got I got Sonic Generations. I know I, I know I said that I wasn't going to buy any more Sonic games. But I'm sure we all knew. I was. You're sure we all knew I was, that I, I would always let myself down. But I got Sonic Generations for a tenner in Asda, and um, you said that in the same way that someone with a hangover says they'll never drink again. I'll never play Sonic again. I am so sick. Oh, brilliant, Sonic. I'll have a crack, eh? Uh, but yeah, I played Sonic Generations, and then I got to the, the level from Sonic Unleashed. It's like, fuck you. I, I hate you so much, Sonic Unleashed. I hate you so much. Uh, so, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. Like I think, I think yeah, you, you want to preserve the original intent if you can. You want you want it to act as like a museum piece. It's like the way the way Valve put their wee directors' commentaries into things like Portal and stuff, and how they made the games. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing's really interesting. And I don't know if you saw the talk that Joe Martin gave at uh, Video Brains. Um, he's it's about the deleted scenes of Deus Ex, and he found this archive where like Warren Spector had left all the original design documents for um, what eventually became in well, it was never released. I think it became Human Revolution, but he didn't work on it. But like the Invisible War docs and the SX docs and Bioshock and that kind of thing. Right. Um, it's, so these, and these development processes are not just really interesting for journalists, but I think also really important. 
It's different for video games because you've not had that behind the scenes openness where people will actually show you the creative process. If that's a really horrible sentence, yeah. but I don't really care. I kind of got there in the end. Thanks for sticking with me. <laughs> so, um, it's, so, it's okay. It's not written down. It's all right. So, you know, and that's really fascinating for very old games like Deus Ex or um, it was, you understand what the challenges they were facing when making like the original Mario. But you get, you see, it's, it's harder for older games because like some of the Sonic like say the old Sonic games you get the old beta versions they do turn up they turn up in eBay auctions and things because yeah. and, and, of, of cartridges you know and some people used to just take them preview the code and then send them back to Sega and people didn't see the need to archive that kind of thing like my, my well my, although, although I said in the podcast that my favourite game is Sonic 3 I think my other favourite kind of one is uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga for the Sega Saturn and it is uh, the original code is lost. It doesn't exist. Mm. It's gone. There's no, there's no way to remake that game without having to like you have to redevelop the game because nobody archived the code and it was it was just chucked out. There is something to you know, and uh, that, I think that's I think that's a, a tragedy. I mean, there's a certain smugness I get from you can't play this, you can't play this. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I think you know my more generous side thinks oh, what that's 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 tragic that people can't play that game. Yeah, that's really that's I, I really wish they could because I you know I, I know how much it means to me and it, it sucks that other people can't play it. It almost turns it into like there was this band that was together and they toured for a certain while now. It would have been cool if you'd seen them, but no one's really got the original live the original recordings. We've just got different lives. No one's got the original masters anymore. We can't recut. Yeah. it. Yeah, and there's a lot of knowledge there that like that's been forgotten. Like if you can't, if nobody can remember how Stan Winston, Stan Winston built all his uh, amazing monsters for like you know, the thing and stuff like that, um, or, or Terminator or whatever. It's a real shame. You know, people can still use that to do visual effects yeah it's like it's a real it's a, it becomes a lost art where everything gets done in CG you know those things are those things are historical cultural things it's, it's really important to preserve them so there so there <laughs> so, so there so there's the example of when things don't get preserved in a remake and when a remaster goes wrong I think of Silent Hill HD now, I've never played a Silent Hill oh. game have you um, no, and the reason I haven't played a Silent Hill game is because the HD remaster sucks. Yes, um, and I think I was speaking to you was speaking to Tom Bramwell about it. Um, pretty sure it was Tom Bramwell, and I was saying, you know, is this worth getting? I'd really like to play this game. He's like, no, you should just get the original Silent Hill two because they, you know, Silent Hills this Silent Hill two is this really atmospheric psychological horror game where you're in this town covered in the the mists of of time and the mists of the occult, except. Uh, doesn't actually render the mist properly in the 360 version. Well, <laughs> so you're just going through a grey a gray village. Well, that's one where it comes back to the Space Invaders example, where the fog that was drawn in the PS1 was ultimately a limitation of how much they could fit on the screen, or they used it. Yeah, yeah it was to, the same with a lot of 64 games. Yeah, And when you look at the, the screenshot side by side for it, like you say, it is, it's, it's probably a more realistic fog. But there's no atmosphere to it. There's certainly no dread when you're walking through it. It looks just kind of like a bit of a bleary day, sort of a bit bleak, a bit overcast. But not, I guess not, though, if you're walking, if you're walking through a, but if you're walking through a town looking for the ghost of your wife while you're being chased by a man with a giant pyramidal head and a butcher knife, perhaps realism isn't isn't the, the at the foremost of your concerns. But it's interesting how just that little change is enough that it's completely lost it like it, it, it just puts it on the wrong footing that it doesn't quite recover from even if but the rest hard, of it it's is hard the to same. do it's, it's almost like when like you get the same thing where you're, you're 
Oh, sorry, you can talk. You can talk. Oh, no, I was going to say, it's like when you swap out one member of a band, you can have them play all the songs and hit all the notes, but if it's not Freddie Mercury at the front of Queen, it's not really Queen. Yeah. Well, I think, I guess it's maybe maybe different from a front man, but yeah, even when you get like uh, I think Led Zeppelin, whenever they tour now, it's um, not, not, not John Bonham, it's Bonham Jr. does the drums. Yeah. yeah, although technically it's as close yeah. to a remake of John Bonham as you can get, so that's quite fair. <laughs> Fifty percent original material. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, but it's, it's hard because you know these games weren't built with preservation in mind. So you know, whenever Kojima was making Zone of the Enders, he didn't think, "Oh well, I'm probably going to have to release this in a more powerful console with a completely different architecture someday." So I better make sure not to heavily optimize this for the PlayStation Two. You know, nobody nobody would think that in their right mind. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why whenever they did the Zone of the Enders HD pack. Um, there were serious like frame rate issues and things like that because mm-hmm. you're you're moving from a God, I don't even know what the PS2's architecture is some they, well the emotion emotion engine, engine? something like <laughs> Do you yeah but it's some I don't know what the I don't know what that is analogous to yeah whereas the cell the the cell was like this you know and the the Xbox were like these power architecture multiple core things and now of course everything's moved to x86 so the problem uh, the problem is lessened because a lot of those games were also made for the PC at the same time yeah. And so it's easier to it's easier to port Sleeping Dogs, say, to the PS4 because somebody's already made it for the PC than it is to port Zone of the Enders, which is a, you know a PS2 game onto the PS3. Yeah. Um, and that's why with the whenever the first PS3 came out, they just chucked the PlayStation 2 in there, the same way they did with the the PS1 um, to PS2. It's got a, you know, the PS2 has a PS1 in it. That's why I can play PS1 games. Mm-hmm. Easy, easy, eh? Just chuck another console in. Fuck it. <laughs> um, it's ultimately the same as no one builds a video game blog in Joomla thinking that down the line they're going to have to convert it to WordPress and that that might not actually be something that's physically humanly possible or not humanely possible I can't you can do it for I a can't think of, of a situation of in which that would happen I don't know <laughs> speaking, speaking of all the blogs I know I, I can't possibly think of somebody getting stuck in one kind of uh, framework and spending two years of their life trying to migrate it I can't, I can't possibly think of that no but if something comes to me later in the podcast, I will be sure to mention it. Okay, and we'll put it on the show notes at split-screen.net for anyone else who wants to see. We'll just put an arrow. A, just put a circle with an arrow pointing to all corners of the screen and being like, this This was this was hard. You don't know this, but this was hard. Heart, heartbreaking stuff. Mm. But most, but most of those, like we've, we've kind of focused on really respectful loving remasters but actually most of them are just a, a lick of paint you know you've got like um you've got stuff like uh, devil may cry god of war ego shadow of the colossus final fantasy ps2 games etc etc the metal gear solid collection although actually i've got the, i've got the legacy collection and that includes um the original metal gear solid and that is and- a rom that is a that is a ROM you're playing emulated on the PS3, words and all. It actually looks worse if you if you upscale it. Yeah, and I've got the 360 version, which just doesn't have the original game on it at all. It doesn't have the original Metal Gear Solid what, what, because what, what, it can't can't be emulated on Xbox hardware, I guess. Well, so, it could so, be. Just so, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna go to that level of uh, effort. Which is why I always like I always kind of hated it. Like I bought it really just because I love like Metal Gear Solid Three is is amazing. It's kind of my favorite game in the series. But to call it's it like, the best game you had never played, so it's about time you probably played it. Eh? But to call it a collection is like saying, "Here's the Toy Story collection, and you've just got Toy Story two and three. 
really. <laughs> but they do that. They do. They do that. Like the the Harry Potter films. I remember saying like Harry Potter years one to five. I was like, hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 underestimate the power of marketing. And I guess a part of this is it is a money grab. It's like a second bite at the apple. Where or second bite at the cherry, as I believe the idiom goes, depends. Some people prefer apples. Um, that you would just depends say, depends how big your mouth is, really. Yeah, depends how hungry you are. That you've got this one product, you go, Well, can we sell that again? If you look at movies, they come out, if the model's changing, but still largely it will come out in the cinema and then it goes on to DVD or it goes on to an on demand service. And yeah. certain films will actually only ever find their footing the second time round. A lot of cult films, your Donnie Darkos, your Clerks and Mall Rats will actually be on DVD when they find their base. Um, a video game example of that is the Animal Crossing games, where apparently Animal Crossing uh, was a port of the N64 game Animal Forest, which was a Japanese exclusive. So yeah, the, it came out for the. I think it was the sixty four DD. It came out for Animal Forest, and yeah. then so it was kind of a. It's uh, it's kind of a port and kind of a sequel. It's kind of a port um, and kind of a but sequel. I don't, I don't know how much. It, I don't know how much. It, yeah. But if you look at well, which one would you say ignited the little Animal Crossing? Uh, uh, I wouldn't say phenomena because, well, I guess it's a phenomenon. When when you put like, it's that, like a cult classic, is yeah, perhaps the best way to put it. When you put on its legacy, say, because it is quite. A, oh, I don't know. I've never played this goddamn game. Is it good? <laughs> what is it? What am I trying to say, Alan? <laughs> well, put it put it this way. Um, I, I I played Animal Crossing on the GameCube, and it never came out in the UK. Um, and I played it with like one of those. Uh, it's called Freeloader. So you pop in this multi-region disc, and then you load in the American disc. Yeah. Okay. And I played one day of it, and I was like, "Gosh, this is crap. I can't be bothered with this." And then two weeks later, I was still playing Animal Crossing, and my sleeping patterns had been destroyed. Um, and then the DS version came out, Wild World, and I bought a DS and imported it from the states. And then I bought a 3DS specifically to play New Leaf. So is it good? Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> no, it's. it's 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 weird because it's like it is, like if if you I think if you saw me playing it for about thirty minutes you're like oh don't really see the appeal of this but once you get engrossed to it it really get it really gets its hooks in as some, I could even ask if I like this game sure I've written I've written about I know it. I don't I've as, it in the magazine I know I've I laid out that issue uh, that article but I yeah I mean it feels like one of those games where I, my my analogy would be to The Simpsons tapped out in that I don't publicly like to say that I play it. And you don't even you, you you were quite generous. You said if you watch you play Animal Crossing for thirty minutes, if you just glanced at the screen while I'm playing The Simpsons tapped out, you'd realise it was a huge waste of time. <laughs> no, I, I I I I don't need to. I'm not ashamed of Animal Crossing at all, mate. I'm not ashamed at all. That was my I definitely said it was one of my favourite games of last year. All right, you're out and proud. I'm very much closeted about this whole Simpsons thing, which is really a Farmville thing. I'm looking forward to reading his tapped out review. This has been like uh, this is the this is the Chinese democracy of game reviews. <laughs> it's it's a insight into Stockholm syndrome. That's for sure. I think we we need but, yeah. some we need to come up with some better examples. Every time we do ask, he just comes back to Chinese democracy and things va- done. <laughs> this is the first podcast we've tried. Okay, let's stop the podcast here for a moment. Uh, this is Future Craig coming to you from the future which is now the past i suppose um that horrible crackle that came up in alan's voice there that that kind of stuck around for the rest of the podcast really annoying really crackly and hissy and noisy 
I've been pretty aggressive in filtering it out as best I can. You still get a kind of flutter effect in the background, but trust me, believe me, it is a lot better than if I didn't do it at all. Um, funnily enough, earlier in the podcast, I mentioned something about how people will dub in like vinyl effects. I tried that here. Um, it didn't work. It just sounded really weird. So that's a disclaimer. Let's get right back into it. And in my defense, I'm looking at a bottle of original source right now. It just says shower on it. Okay, that's all. Back to the show. But like, no, it's interesting not about like money for old rope kind of stuff because I've got. I'm looking at my bookshelf and I have I've got Blade Runner Final Cut on Blu-ray, which I think is okay. But I also have the Blu-rays of the theatrical cuts of Lord of the Rings trilogy, and it's probably one of the worst where they brought out the mm-hmm. they brought it in the cinema, and then they brought out the DVDs, and then a couple of months later, special edition, yeah, or extended edition, uh, and then they brought out so they like. You'd think, like, whenever it came out in Blu-ray, you'd like, well, why would we bother bringing out the theatrical ones? They will bring out the, the extended editions. Um, because, you know, then surely there's enough space in the Blu-ray where people can choose their version. Like, I have a, I even had a Terminator 2 DVD where you could choose between, you know, theatrical cut and special edition cut. But, I don't know, it's just it's price gouging. There's always going to be somebody wearing, wearing the one ring uh, and some kind of T-shirt in reference to giving people an axe that's going to purchase every possible iteration of those films. Yeah, and if you think that there's not going to be another version of the Star Wars trilogy, you've got another, you've got another thing mad. coming. I've still been waiting for the, the announcement of a 3D one. Do you know an interesting fact? Always. <laughs> good, good, because I've got one for you. Got one for you. Um, so, you know the phrase, you've got another thing coming? Yes. Do you know that that was originally, you've got another think coming? Oh, okay. Well, like I only you, read you're about this today. To... It's like... It, yeah, it's like an obscure Americanism from like the I think it was the kind of the, the 1900s and like oh if you if you think that that's the the last edition of Star Wars that's been released you've got another think coming and I quite like that I think that's quite I think that's a lot more clever and lighthearted rather than you've got another thing coming which sounds like if somebody's lurking around the corner ready to kick your ass. <laughs> a, Do you know what? I just this is com- completely unrelated, but I found out <laughs> that apparently for the past eight years what I thought. I've been using as shampoo is in fact just the body gel. <laughs> this is completely unrelated. Whenever you say that, I actually thought Alice must be vaguely connected. So, so what? So what? So you've been you, you've been. So you, <laughs> so you know, like the original source. Uh, yeah, yeah, the original source. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the sort of lemon lime, or there's if you're a guy, yeah. you you fear the tea and mint one. Oh god, yeah, but, yeah. I, I felt I felt so good. Never that was the, the student paper days when I was like, has anybody else used original source mint? And somebody else just looked over me. Yeah, numbs your balls. I was like, oh, thank God, I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so apparently, like that's not a shampoo. It was pointed out to me recently. Not charging. I was like, ah, charging mint. Yeah, I know, but like my hair is fantastic, and I've been using it for eight years, so I'm, I'm kind of not inclined to want to stop. But I feel like I'm. Totally, kind of totally a revelation. It's like, oh my god, this is body wash. <laughs> it's made of people. It's made of people. <laughs> it's when it's been gone on for eight years, man. It's not like it's. It's like, oh, you know, I accidentally bought this. I thought it was dairy free. Turns out there's a bit of dairy in it. It's like eight years daily routine. Every day for eight years, I've been doing this wrong. It's like so. Good, good, good news and bad news. The good news, the bad news is that. Uh, 
Yeah, it turns out that shampoo I've been using for eight years wasn't actually shampoo. The good news is all my hair has fallen out, and now I can just use it as body wash on my scalp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's just another patch of skin. God, I hope you don't. I hope you don't cut this. This is hilarious. This needs to stay in. People, nah, need, good, people need to know the truth about original source. I've got, I've got, I've got yes. a bottle. I know I've got. I've got a bottle in the cupboard. Whenever I look at it, I'm just going to start laughing. So that's that's what well, you've done. Every it, time I look at that char gel in the in the supermarket, I'm going to be laughing, and people won't understand. Now I can like I can admit when I'm wrong, but in my defence, it doesn't say either way whether it's it's body wash or shampoo. It just says shower on it. And I was like, well, I have a shower. Look, <laughs> so who cares where you use out. this stuff? For the love of God, yeah, I don't have, have a shower. I don't use baths because um, I'm too tall and my knees stick out the water. So it made sense to use it in the shower. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. This is too funny. <laughs> Just imagine you in the shower and then you're going to. Are you that Kill Bill music? The the Ironside theme, whatever. They go, <laughs> just imagine you in the shower, staring at the shower gel. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> oh my god! So video games then? So money, so, money for old soap. All right. Speaking uh, of which, we if you're listening to this, you you will now realize that the split screen website is back. Well, and yeah. it's too, not eh? a money for old rope because we never got much money for that rope in the first place. We never got any money. All of our ventures, all of our creative ventures have huge amounts of investment um, with, I think, very good return for the consumer. Uh, but we do it as creative passion projects. By that, how I mean, much, how, much did really we, get... how much did we make in Google Ads? Three pounds? Well, oh, wait, I mean, I'll, I'll go check. I'll check. Keep talking. <laughs> this technic- is good. Technically, I forgot, technically oh, I forgot pounds, we even had we never that. Actually, we never actually took the money from Google, so it's still officially zero. Ad planner has been discontinued. All right, so the <laughs> page I've got <laughs> doesn't really exist. So where the, where the fuck's our money, Google? Going into their pre- it's, probably, uh, it's probably bouncing between Ireland and the Netherlands right now. Google Analytics. Maybe there's a page, a link off the side of that. How do you feel the podcast is going so far, Alan? It's going alright. It's going alright. I'm I'm enjoying it. <coughs> yeah, I'm, I'm having a good time too. Oh, fuck. That charge your story is so funny. <laughs> eight years, at least eight years. <laughs> oh, you, you just go at uh, Sainsbury's every time going, well, I'll buy the one that's good for my hair and my body. I've been using it for years. You had it all figured out that you, your Chargel needs were done until I could discontinue. You're like, oh. And you'd be standing with a Nivea in one hand, links in the other, just silently weeping. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's actually, Alan, it's actually worse than that because not only have I not been using it as a shampoo, I've not been using it as a body wash. I've got a bar of soap that I use for my body. So. <laughs> oh my god! There's a bottle of shampoo that you use as a conditioner as well, I suppose. <laughs> 
I don't know, brushing your teeth with hemorrhoid cream. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't doesn't foam, but at least it's kind of minty. Yeah. Jesus fuck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I think we've lost like whatever money we had there. Okay, so right. Let's just call the whole thing off. Split screen's back, yay! Yay! Yay, we're back. <laughs> but, uh, well, uh, ugh, I don't know, I mean, uh, we're recording this before the, the site is relaunched, and I know what it looks like right now, and I'm like, oh god, I don't, don't, wanna, don't even want to think about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a hash. So the story is that, um, the story is that we, uh, I think about, it must have been about two years ago now, that I'd, mm. so I'd, I'd, I'd sent one of my usual biannual emails, you know, subject headers, like, right, here we go, we're going we're gonna to sort it this site, and then I was talking about how we could move to WordPress, and get a new theme, and all the things we could change, and then we didn't do anything, because, you know, we have lives, and then in around, well, we, well, we had, February, we had March lives. time, but it's different, it's not that, we had lives, but then we also launched a magazine, which is, like, slightly different, we did. and that's really where all the creative energy then funneled into. I think before yeah. we actually took, we took split screen like pretty seriously. Um, yeah. If you yeah. look, at, if you listen back to the podcast we did, they were very, um, very heavily sort of structured. We're very you focused. Used, you used like, to tell me off that. for laughing in the podcast. <laughs> I said, no, to, this is not a place. Me. This is a place for informing, not entertaining. Um, but we put a lot of effort into that. We we would always like have these talks about what we wanted it to be. Um, yeah, well, and then when we did articles as well, we would we put like a lot of time into them. Oh, um, yeah, of course the, we did. Well, I mean, the, yeah, there's the we, we take a lot of pride in the work that we do, even if it's just a wee silly blog, you know. Mm. So then all the creative energy has kind of gone into to five out of ten and like the kind of serious focus. And I think that's like the culmination of a lot of the stuff we've learned from the site, the the split screen site, but also then going back to the sort of student newspaper and then there's a whole bunch of new stuff that we've picked up along the way so that's now when it's kind of then we picked up the idea back of like okay well if we like start split screen again what should it be um and it it's taken a lot of the pressure off of it i think first of all so it is just a place for anything that takes our fancy and it is like we we never used to call it a blog before like do you remember that we like that well i think I was kind of thinking about the way the way we thought about this and the way we were going to be different, and I think it's like, I think it, and you see it, it's not it's not just us. I mean, okay, we started this thing in 2010, 2010 we launched it, right? And I yeah, think like four it's, years. Yeah, because it's, it's it's just it's just gone four years, happy anniversary. <laughs> but yeah, happy anniversary. I bought you some uh, original source live charger. <laughs> Don't use it in your hair, you you knob. Save it for special occasions. <laughs> don't use it. Don't use it in your body either. Just keep it. You've got a bar of soap. What more do you want? Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think like whenever we started it off, it was like, oh, okay, so we're going to do this website about games, and it's going to be different uh, because because it is. And this is the same mistake that everybody that does a website makes. Is they, oh, it's going to be really different, and we've chosen to make it different by starting up a website about video games and it's impossible it's impossible to differentiate yourself all we did was um it was just two of us writing it we didn't cover news that was somehow different you know we did a few Mm -hmm. features and a few reviews but fundamentally there's no difference between a review you could read in split screen and a review you can read anywhere else and it's only now that we've done this blog for four years we've done a magazine for two years all that experience 
has finally let us make something where we're confident enough in our own abilities. We're not just doing some kind of like interactive CV anymore. You know, no, neither of us want to yeah. get a job writing video games for a living. So now we can no, be like, well, no. what's going to make this blog different is that instead of writing about fucking video games all the time, we could focus on what really matters. And actually, the, the most interesting thing about split screen to me is our friendship, honestly. Turn it here up here. I'm not. I'm not trying to be melodramatic. You know that's true. That's that. That's really what it, it's a story about. It's a story about a friendship surviving in the face of impossible odds of us launching a stupid website project. It's a friendship surviving um, yeah. creative disaster, <laughs> one after the other. But yeah, no, that's that's totally it because it started off from when we met at uni. And like our friendship, ultimately was was through a creative relationship. Yeah, well, like well, that's it. where yeah. we hung out. We, I, hung, we hung yeah, out. I started the side by side, and you started writing for us. And then after Jamie Manson, <clears throat> our friend, uh, he moved to London to work for Splash Damage. Um, and so yeah. you then he just dropped out of uni and went to do that, and he's doing very well. Hooray! Maybe he's, maybe yeah, he's listening. Yeah. If he's not, no, he's not doing very well. <laughs> and um, you know, and then you took over that design job, and you happened to have a natural aptitude for it, and. I always really enjoyed more of the writing side of it. And you're always better at the design and then, you know, a, a, a beautiful partnership was formed. And then things like that can only, like, that, that, that was a, you know, a really chance occurrence. We wouldn't have met each other otherwise. And then we just so happened that we got on really well and, you know, separated at birth. And then um, we, we did the blog after that because it happened after, I think it happened after, certainly after I left the paper. I'm not sure if you were still there at the time because you had another I, year. I was... Yeah, I was still there because after you <clears throat> left, because um, in the years we sort, I did like a the the a physics master, so I think we joined at the same time. But I did an extra year, and that was only to carry on doing the newspaper because I become editor by the end. Um, so I did that for like a semester. But I remember so clearly that year sitting on your couch in Edinburgh, and they were like, "Oh, we should do this website." And again, we like you say, we kind of did the mistake that. It's not a mistake. It's, 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 I think, a common trap that a lot of people it's a, go into. It's a, it's a schoolboy error. Don't people make jokes about, don't make jokes about schoolboy errors? That's what that is. That's, it's, a, it's, not a, it's not a mistake. It's just something you do whenever you're naive. I think creatively, though, it's something that I need. Because like, ultimately what we did was we set constraints. We said we're going to be this by saying that we're not going to be all of this, which is like we're not going to do quote-unquote news which tends to just be the regurgitated press release stuff yeah yeah we're not really going to worry about chasing timely reviews as in reviews that come out the day off release or the week off release yeah. um for like practical obvious reasons but even then like we don't <laughs> yeah we don't follow that we we're, it's very rare that we're buying games on day of release yeah, I mean, really? the, the only fact that it, it just so happens that I did buy one on day of release, but that was a that was obviously it was Bayonetta too. You know, I'm probably not going to buy it. It's, like, <laughs> it's fucking Bayonetta, mate. But yeah, but we, we we but you just bought a PS3, so you're probably playing Uncharted two or something right now, right? Uh, you know, well, so, yeah, I, I just, like that. I just I'm playing the original Metal Gear Solid. I don't think we're going to beat the rest of the press on that one, quite frankly. <clears throat> but there is something to. And, and and like yeah okay so we we did all that stuff at the beginning of the, we didn't release we didn't we didn't also write a manifesto and we didn't release and talk one up that is a mistake that other people do um, as they come out um, while they're still in like their embryonic stage and very defiantly say they're going to redefine or change the world of video games like I quietly Bye had gamers, those hopes for, for gamers. certain things. Bye gamers. Yeah, for again, gamers. 
Every time I read that, I my, my mouse just, it's not even me doing it, it's just, I can feel my hand moving towards the close tab button really, really slowly but surely. I just, uh, and, then, and, then I, you go to the, and then you go to the about pages, and it's like, and it will be like, Alan has been playing video games since he got a Mega Drive in 1991, he's really good at Outrun 2, and you know, it's, it's like, oh, it's just so boring. So we didn't make all the mistakes, but we certainly made plenty of them. And I think, the, but, it, yeah, but, that's, but that's how you learn, right? That's, that, that's the only way we would have learned, the only way that we could have known what not to do on split screen was to spend four years doing some of those things and having a, yeah. like a content and management it's... system that didn't work very well, having lots of unmovable sidebars and lots of dirty hacks just to get a YouTube video into it. You know? and, and a lot of that's a product of technology. It's only recently you can just chuck a URL into WordPress and it'll do that thing. It's only now that sites have responsive mobile designs. You know, it's like sometimes you just have to start over. Yeah, and that's why it pairs up well with all the chat we had about remasters because our intent, our creative intent was different then, but we were dealing with a different technology. Now we've come back to it, we've got arguably something that's going to be a hell of a lot easier for us to use in the background. Yeah, and I think that, that's a, like that, write... was a major, that was a major barrier, was that actually using that CMS was a, a pain in the butt. And, and it was a barrier because we wanted, we hacked the previous site so extensively to get it to look like how we wanted or get close to it. It never fully reached it. Like I recently I've got this um, kind of model in my head for the creative stuff we do where there's like aspiration, execution, and then reception. Um, I think for like the website, we had like big aspirations, certainly on how it looked or how you would use it. We never managed to get the execution there because Joomla is just not a friendly um friendly language well to maybe use it is maybe it is now but if you're, but if you're using a version that came out four years ago and you haven't updated it because you're using plugins of, uh, of dubious and origin the, that's it. and themes of dubious well, we origin you know yeah because we were doing things as we went along we ultimately entrenched ourselves in that place where we couldn't just hit update and, and let the thing take care of itself working on a, on a like a windows 95 machine or something where you could theoretically get it to work but it just about it just about did it you know you were fighting and every I think step of the way and when I look at the reception side of it, um, like I always thought that if you just because I didn't I didn't want to go and like change the landscape of, of video game writing or anything like that, but I definitely wanted to make an impact in certain areas. Like I always felt like I could, like on the review score thing, the whole Metacritic series. Like I, every now and then that kind of bubbles back up and down again, um, as these like ephemeral topics that constantly cycle. And I wanted at least it to be like a footnote that could be thrown to like, well, look here, here's actually what it all looks like from a, a, a data point of view. Um, I don't know why I would do that. You know, it's not really well suited for it. Nonetheless, I was like, all right, worked on this thing and put it out there. The reception wasn't that great. Whereas we make something as silly as like the Minecraft Team Fortress 2 infographic and the damn thing like went on Kotaku, like broke our site, like quarter God of a million God hits or whatever. Kotaku publicizing our site. I think it was like, oh, something like 80,000 hits. And I got, I woke up and I got an email from the internet hosting company saying that well, yeah. they suspected our website had, had a denial of service attack, which is basically a way of saying, dear Alan, there's no way your site could possibly be this popular. You're obviously being hacked because um, uh, nobody reads a shitty blog and so we've turned off your website. And I'm like, okay, yeah. can, you put it, can you turn it back on please? And then it happened again. Um, so that taught us the virtue of mirroring all of the content, which ironically, that <laughs> was moved to WordPress meant I had to re-download all of those images. So it... <laughs> It's been it's been fun, been fun. But, but, but my, it's, my but point. I don't my, think my it's... point is on that is that sort of work, I was like working stuff like going say quality over quantity, right? 
wasn't putting out a lot of stuff, but I was trying to put a lot of effort into the stuff I did put out. Mm-hmm. Was to look at the reception, and I think it's more for, um, it's like when you did the reality check kind of column, which was part a kind of as I understood it, like a kind of writing exercise for yourself to get a weekly. Yeah, well, it, it was output. the closest we ever got to news. It was essentially news op ed, and it happened every single week. Yeah, one every week for a year, and it was very demanding. Uh, we're taking the yeah. too much detail. It definitely damaged a relationship I was in at the time, if not part of the reason why it killed it off. Um, mm-hmm. Good, good writing exercise, though. You know, <laughs> that's not that's not uh, that's not shit on the whole thing. <laughs> well, let's not lose let's not lose focus of what was important here. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah it was a, it was a cracking writing exercise. That's what I really want to, to, to hit home here. But it's um. But where? But that's but where my really at. hard. That's hard when you write a day job, and that's part of the problem. Is like, I mean, I I will be really honest with you that whenever we started that, I thought that I I still thought that I wanted to be a full time writer, probably a games journalist, because at that point I thought that was actually a separate job to being a writer. Um, and yeah. you know, I, I did want the site to go for a while and use that as a CV to get a job. Do I want to do that now? Yeah. No. No. Not at all. And that <laughs> you know, and that happy. was totally and that was totally the same. That was the same as I as that was my perception as well. Um, look, I at that point had got my kind of current job, um, like in sort of defense engineering and stuff, and I was like, well, I'm kind of content doing that. And then all this is then the hobby, and it was like, oh well, this is the platform that will help you to realize um like that that goal yeah but then like the sort of magazine came along and it was like well actually that's like a far that's already got the that is the calling card like in its entirety Um, and that's something that can grow and shrink or can go off in different avenues like there's the escape to napoli book that's come out of it like i've got on my desk beside me man like there's like a book that well really you've made like but (laughs) helped a wee bit helped a wee bit but like there's an actual physical book that you can buy and it's got like a goddamn ISBN number on the back and like yeah, five out of ten. Yeah, it's like that's real. Like, yeah. like that's it's real, man. That's like really cool. My granny yeah. tried to read that book. I was speaking to her the other week, and she's she? like, oh, "I tried to, I tried to read your game book," and uh, and I was like, "All right, but what do you think?" She's like, "I didn't really understand it, but I read the introduction." I was like, "Oh, that's nice." <laughs> But, it's like, but yeah, I mean, so you could think it's split through and go, oh, it's another another kind of silly blog that somebody's done. And in that way, you know, like nobody nobody really cares about these things, right? Nobody nobody really cares about us. But I'm gonna let me let me finish my point and get back to why why I care. But you know, <laughs> nobody really cares about these blogs. But I'm looking at my wall right now, and I've got a big printout of all the covers of the magazines that we made. And if I look behind me and really crane my neck, I can see the the hardback version of the book that I made, and those things wouldn't have happened without that blog. There's no there's no way that would have happened. And with and with all the all the not just like the writing skill and stuff, but you know the, their kind of rapport we built up as sort of friends and co-conspirators. Like that that's the only way that stuff mm-hmm. can happen. And so even though like you know, I don't really care if, if we we relaunched Blitzkrieg and ten people we ended at ten million, I don't really give a fuck because at the end of the day, there's only two people I do that blog for, and that's you and I. And then, yeah. if, a, if a, you know, if we enjoy it, great. If a small circle of our close friends also read the occasional piece and enjoy it, even better. If if people from the general public want to read it, you know, fantastic. You're 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 more than welcome. We're very happy to have you. But I think if you if you go if you set up to build a website or any anything, whether you're doing a website or a magazine, or opening a shop or whatever, and the only reason you do that is to get peer recognition. You're really setting yourself up for a fall. You make it very yeah, hard for and yourself. That's, and that's it. I think that's where my approach is now completely different because I was wanting that 
because there is like a bit there's always you can't be making something and putting it out there for other people to consume if you don't have an element of ego and that's that i'm talking about like a healthy amount that you want well, that yeah. reception you, you to want actually a bit of self-confidence yeah you're not you're not you, you didn't put out something uh, like you didn't put go oh here's this thing i wrote oh maybe you like maybe you don't you have to you have to at least fundamentally assume that the stuff that you produce is worthy of consumption in one way or another whether whether it's worth people paying you know that's a, that's a different matter but you need to you know you need to you're publishing a blog so that people will read it right yeah um, but i think well well no i i would say it's slightly different now it's more that's just the the, the blog is just not going to be the place to put the things that i feel like if i don't put it there no one else will yeah and so it's not to say that it's going to be wholly unique and original stuff. I mean, for some reason, I sat down and the first thing I've written a review of is Dead Space Three, right? Like, which is, yeah, I know, I know, man. I, I don't know why I did it, but I've done it. I'm looking forward but, to original source, the truth. I think that's going to be a really original piece. <laughs> I can't I'm send them an email. This is it. This is I'm the gonna, this is the I'm running gonna... joke. Every podcast, I'm going to get a mention into this lime shower gel. <laughs> it's going to haunt you to the grave, and your tombstone is a bottle of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the quote on it that says "Not a shampoo." <laughs> Keep out of eyes. But I and, and like the podcast is kind of something. If we look back to what we originally wanted, we were having what we thought were really interesting conversations in a pub what we what we thought like, were really interesting i know I, I put i got you've i've got to put that caveat on it right because yeah we've got we've got evidence of when we would do the newspaper socials and we would just alienate the entire goddamn table by like launching down some deep hole of like techie goodness their fault um, for not getting on board <laughs> but like at this but but where it said the kind of approach has changed i do think it's now about kind of quantity I think quantity gets you quality. Like the more you do something, the better you'll get at it. So like this podcast will be like a hell of a lot more ropey than future ones will. Yeah, well, and... I mean, there's there's different ways of doing it. Like they, I, I think in terms of like, I can think of a lot of feature podcasts that are really good. Like I, I still really like the Life Well Wasted Archives. And I really yeah. like, um, I really like Jim Martin's Unlimited Hyperbole series, where he, he specifically does a short interview with one game developer and has seasons and has themes. And that, it's, it's finished now. Unfortunately, it's kind of run its course, or the or the one John, Johnny Cullen did, um, where he just specifically talked to one person about their favorite game. Those kind of things are really good. Mm-hmm. But um, I think for the kind of stuff we want to do, that I think we're we are in danger of being perfectionists, and we lack yes. and we lack the talent to to execute. And so if we spend <laughs> but, uh, we spend forever, like with a magazine, we can do that. I mean, it's consistently good. And I'm that's very happy that, with and that, it. and that, and that's for me. That's where it's different. Is that we've got this product where we've got this project where we put all that effort in and it is literally then down to like nudging things for me like nudging things on a page by millimeters until i'm satisfied with it um, but like you can that is like, like a perfectionist project that's fine. that's that's fine that's that's compartmentalized and an issue comes out and we're all very happy and that's what i really love about it and i, I said that in my critical proximity video i love that it's a, a perfectly made little thing but a blog needs to be a bit more rough and ready and a podcast yeah. like you can't you can't script two guys talking about lime shower gel and laughing you know that just doesn't work <laughs> well in fact you'd probably try but uh, I mean, those kind of those kind of organic moments those funny bits those were the bits that we really enjoyed from the pub and those are the bits that because we heavily scripted everything and made it in the theme that we never we couldn't do it 
That's why that's why it was never as good as the pub chat. Because it was too it was too heavily scripted. So now the plan is we yeah. just come up with two topics and go, Away you go, away you go. And if it sucks, it sucks. That's, it. that's okay, there'll be another one next week. We've only wasted half an hour of your life, please come back. You know? That's fine. Because yeah. we're still like we're, and that's it, we're still I still like the idea of picking like a subject. Because that's like our conversation will sometimes just go down that way anyway. Yeah. Um, like this whole remaster thing. We'd started talking about it and went, Oh actually no, let's park this and we can probably do this chat as like uh, just record it. Yeah, and then, we then, then just have, our, have a recorder on, on tap. It's like both right we're, we're podcasting now. Yeah, and I'll, then I'll put on my podcast voice. Why well, hello, Craig. I uh, I oh, I forgot I forgot to <laughs> I forgot to de Irish. I've done this whole podcast in my normal voice and only you will understand. Yeah. I've kind of I've just, right. just realised this and I'm now I'm now speaking at half speed and trying to and sit and go, Hey Craig, it's fucking great to see you like Already <laughs> are potato potato Irish Irish. But we've got um, we've got Craig well, was... now, so hopefully you can apply a filter to make my accent more English. I was just gonna go in and I would redub your version, your side of the conversation. Oh right, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll just have to you'll just have to put up with it. If 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 YouTube's if YouTube's auto subtitler can understand about eighty percent of what I'm saying, I think human beings we should give the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it's like our podcast. Maybe it's like when we started talking about tech stuff at the newspaper socials. Maybe it's up to everybody else to to step up their game and um, listen more rather than us talking less. <laughs> I, lo- uh, I love the flip there of like it's not me, it's them. <laughs> They're the problem. <laughs> Yeah. It's like if Scrooge like, at the like, end of Christmas Carol is like, ah, thank you, ghosts, for visiting me. And then opens the window, it's like, you there, back to work. <laughs> I've learned this? so oh, much. It's, it's Christmas Day. <laughs> but um, yeah, I like how we've gone from, hey, it's our it's our brand new podcast, and you know, come along, listen to. Look, if you like my accent, you can fuck off. <laughs> so that we've come we've come full circle in an hour and a half. And we, we, we've shown our, uh, our our confidence there. That's the, that's the new split screen. Here it is. It's, if you don't like it, it's tough. I don't. I don't need your pity. It's getting. I I will I will go with the. That's Badcoff has just spoken there. I'll go for. Oh my god. Oh my god. Right. A window has just popped up on my laptop. That's it. The podcast is back. Almato, which is what I'm using to record the call. A p- application error. <laughs> Oh, oh my god! And it's application. But you're recording, but you're recording otherwise, right? You've got your Zoom. Yeah, yeah. I've I've got a separate channel here. This will be fine. I've got, well, I've got my oops. recording as well. I've got I've got my. I don't. Recording. That's fine. That's fine. I'll back to record. Back to stitching the two things together. I'm okay with that. Stitch but screen. it says oops. It says oops, and then four exclamation points. Unhandled exception has occurred. <laughs> Please copy and send the detailed information. And then it's a lot of. Uh, like looks like sequel. Uh, yeah, it's totally like sequel command errors. Oh, Jesus <laughs> the fuck. So you want that's uh, your nice okay. sequel database recording your audio? Okay. Um, let's yep. let's, right. let's, well, let's, let's this well, thing be ruined well, forever. Will we just nip it in the bud then? <laughs> yeah, it's crashed, man. So I think I'll, we'll see you. We need a sign off. We've never had that before. We've got a, we've got an intro. We need What's some sort intro? of sign off. Are you talking about a marathon or something? I can't remember. <laughs> nice. Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome. Hello. Okay. Okay. Well. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, sign off. 
Thank, thanks for listening. Um, you can probably subscribe to this on iTunes. There is a horrifying four years of archives. Um, if you, have you got any recommendations? Uh, you can go to 5out10magazine.com and is that the I meant podcast recommendations. I meant podcast recommendations. Like your oh. favorite episode. Um, oh, in terms of episodes, uh, the, the Talking Dead episode was really cool um, because we, we sort of chat through that. We were able to splice in clips from the games, which is something that was quite different. Um, we did one where we walked around the Oxford College, Oxford uh, Natural History Museum. Okay. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, it was a nat- natural history museum. Yeah. Natural history museum. That's still the stream of conscious cast. Uh, I still like the sequel one, actually. I think it was called Sequelitis. Oh, okay. Sequelitis. Uh, okay, so my my two favorites are we did one called a very PC podcast with Rick Lane, where we all sat in my bedroom, and uh, it was quite it was quite fun because a lot of good like childhood memories and stuff, and uh, you don't get to hear Rick. You don't get to hear Rick's voice very often, uh, so that's a that's a wee treat. And the other one I like <laughs> is there's one where. Um, Craig had moved down to London and I was still in Edinburgh. And I, I'd, it's called a uh, communication breakdown and so many people you know, talking online and things. And what I liked about it was that I just we just started and I just sort of said, I miss you. And I was like, oh, that's quite poignant. That's quite nice. <laughs> so you can start with these two. You can, of course, go to split-screen.net, which hopefully is, is running by this point. Cross, cross my fingers. I've got a couple of uh, ca- caffeinated evenings ahead. Um, you, if you want to give us some money, why not? You know, we like money. You've got too much. That's okay. We'll take some. We can help. We can help. Um, you can go to 5out10magazine.com. Um, we are currently running a Halloween sale, but I imagine it will be gone by the time uh, you hear this. So you missed out. You should have followed us on Twitter, uh, <laughs> which you can do. At, uh, it's at 5out10mag, and it's at split screen net, I think, which is not the best Twitter handle ever, but I don't know. So it's goodbye from me, and Craig has just sent me an instant message to say his mic is disconnected, so it is also goodbye from Craig.